It's Coalfield and Company. Listening to the song? I, 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 it's I was, my fault, actually. I was waiting for the cue, and then it just you, was, you don't even cue. You have the song on in your headphone. Do you not know the song? Listen, listen scared to do it earlier today, guy. Not scared. I'm I sang. What are you here. talking about? You're supposed to sing. I was looking at Ari, and I don't know. Sometimes he was, we, we overcomplicate we things. It's kind of like an overthinking Ari. Yeah. I overthought it, that The one. energy just somehow just gets distributed all around. Hi, Steve. Uh, I mentioned earlier I hate April Fool's Day. It's because people that are not funny try to be funny. Uh, Jake Paul just said he's going to the NFL. This is why I hate it. It's so stupid. <laughs> but, okay, now that is so outlandish. Is, uh, did anybody actually? Let's look. Ka- Kawhi. I don't even want Did anybody know. respond? I, and Kawhi. Say, Kawhi. What? You say, wait, Kawhi respond? Oh, he laughed? I got you. Okay. That's good. I mean, this is it's just so preposterous. Just stop. Stop with the joke. Uh, it's. I can't wait for midnight. Get this day over with. Let's get to it. Battle Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. A lot of guests today. Great job by Ari, of course, as always, booking all these wonderful guests on the show today. Uh, Adam Hill, William Ramirez, I should say, here in for the final hour, getting ready for the weekend. We didn't do a fat pack today. No 430 because we had a guest on. So we have a couple of stories that we were going to do during that time. That we have left over. You saw a story about DK Metcalf's diet. DK Metcalf is ripped. Shredded. Shredded. Looks like he's been in the perfect gym for every single day. This dude, his diet is simple, Adam. It just, it's a ton of sweets. It reminds <laughs> me of the story once done on Lamar Odom when his driver would drop him off at practice and his job after while he was at practice was to go fill up the back seat of his car and you can google this look at it on youtube it the story's up there they called him he was the candy man but his back seat would be loaded with pastry no it's it was because of that paid pastries and candies and so apparently dk Metcalf, he's a gummy he's your kind of guy he's a gummy type of guy oh Lifesaver gummy. Yesterday, I woke up, worked out, worked out again, came home, showered. I'm hungry, ran to Starbucks. He has a cup of coffee and sweets. Skittle gummies, Lifesavers uh, gummies. He loves it, loves it. But that's, uh, he, and it was, this was revealed on um, an interview with Kevin Garnett. He eats one meal a day, drinks one coffee, and eats three to four bags of candy. That's, I, I mean, do you believe this? Yeah. Okay. I do believe it because... So like, if you work out that much, you can just eat candy and you'll be shredded. Well, first of all, it's sugar, so it's just a fast digesting carb. And as much as this guy is probably just burning through it, you know what I mean? It's. I mean, he's probably sitting there eating gummies during a leg day just to pound and, and, get, and, get, in, and get an insane pump. But on top of that, he's probably just you know I, I I the the one meal a day thing is what shocks me. I that part I don't understand. I, if, um, well, if you eat enough candy, you just eat one meal. Well, yeah, but he could have like a breakfast, and then he could have uh, there's a on this on the 
um, Sports Illustrated tweeted it out. And it's a picture of him. It says DK Metcalf has an absurd diet. He's got a half-cut hoodie on. And he looks like a mannequin that you would be like in a, a sporting goods store. Shredded. Just shredded. But he says he eats one meal a day, drinks one coffee, and eats three to four bags of candy. So good on him. So I can't one, do that. One meal a day tomorrow. Now, one meal a day, he could be yeah, – hang on before we go to tomorrow's. One meal a day. Now, that could be like a 3,000-calorie meal. Sure. So, I mean, he could be getting all of his protein, his carbs, his fiber. He could be getting it all in then. He's getting all of his carbs from candy at that some too. point in the day, for yeah, sure. sure. Uh, tomorrow, his one meal might be a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's peanut butter and jelly day. National peanut, peanut butter and jelly day. Big peanut butter, Do you think? think. Do you think that he air fries it? No. Well, he might have like a cook that does it for him. Well, sure, yeah, that's did, true. You, did you try this? Yeah. You tried the yeah. air fried peanut butter and mm-hmm. jelly? Yeah. And it was good? Uh, it was It was different. It was different. It, it, I've never had those, uh, what are they called, where the you can buy it already made? Is it? What, Goober? No. You're saying the, the peanut butter and jelly no, in one no, jar? No, 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 In the package. What, crustables? Crustable. Oh, I, it, it's what I've never, is it? So it, it's what it's what a ma- I imagine that would be. Now, back a long time ago, when I was younger, I'm not, I'm not sure if these if you remember. There was a gum that you when you bit it and it exploded, fresh something. Wow. And it, yeah, it, 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 was, it, it was like a mint gel inside. That's what you're talking about. It okay, was, it was yeah. That's what it reminded me of when when you bit into the peanut butter and jelly and it just kind of just. So, does that mean you have to cook it longer? Like you would think. I don't remember how long what, I cooked what, it. I don't remember. Freshen up. Sorry, I had to get there. I don't freshen think that's up. It. That's it. That's, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah. That was the name of the gum. Yeah. Freshen There's up. There's another one. No, that was it. There's newer that's, stuff. That but that's was the original. original. Yeah, that was the original. Um, I do remember that you, that we had to. I think should I spray oil it or but but put butter on both sides of the bread and then t- and then turn it in the air fryer. I know I tried it. I know I did it once. I, I that's that's that should I feel tell like you if, right there. If, it ex- if, if all the, the jelly exploded out of it, maybe that just means I don't know. It, it means you have to like put the peanut butter on top of it to like keep it in place. Well, in a sense, you do because you. I can't imagine anybody makes peanut butter and jelly different than where you put peanut butter on both sides of the bread, and then you're putting jelly, and then you're closing. Whoa, it. hold on! You go both sides of the bread. Absolutely, like a normal wow. person. Oh, wow! Well, wait a minute. One serving of of one serving of peanut butter is two tablespoons. It's fourteen grams of fat, by the way. I know those macros, and so I put a tablespoon on both sides. I think that's that's insane. Well, you think a lot of things. Are I think insane. you put. I think you go peanut butter on one side of the bread. I don't. Uh, this is uh, this is blowing my mind right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think and, you put one you, side of the bread. No, and you better go edge to edge, corner to corner. You got to cover in the entire bread. You don't just throw peanut butter and then you have you. It's it, there's a there's a. Well, careful we've way. also here's the other problem that we've talked about. Okay. Uh, growing up, I, I mean, I don't want to not having a lot of money. Yeah. You get the bread that you just as soon as you put the knife on it, it just falls apart. Wonder bread. We, yes, I'm saying we couldn't afford Wonder Bread. You oh. have the, 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 the trashy well, bread. Now, okay, now when I was younger, without jelly, you would just, I mean, I remember just standing at the counter and taking the knife and spreading the bread and pulling the knife back and then folding it in half and then just eating <laughs> and then doing another one and then doing another one and putting no must, jelly. Must I've done nice. that too. Must be nice. 
Our, our bread would just fall apart. It would just it would just crumble. Adam was so poor sometimes he ate sleep for dinner. No, that's not that's not true. It wasn't oh. that poor, but you just had the bad bread, and we had three kids that ate so much you had to you had to, you had to find ways to save money somewhere. It was tough. Maybe but, you yeah. should have got the freshen up gum and squeezed the gel that was out. Into way the- way too fancy. Okay, let's go. Number four. All right. Uh, oftentimes we hear questions on Jeopardy where you're just like, "Come on, how dumb are these people?" And obviously they're not dumb; they just don't follow sports. I'll say this: Ari is not the biggest sports fan. <laughs> Ari doesn't know a whole lot of Correct. sports. Somewhere or another, I think Ari got tied into being and, dumb. And I, I just I don't know what no, you no, just but did I'm saying, there. In, in terms of sports, huh. he doesn't know a whole lot. You're I not- think. The contestants on Jeopardy, I believe it was last night, had a question that I don't think you've heard this yet, is so easy that even Ari knew the answer to this question. It is, there's no chance these people had any idea. Multi-sport athletes 800. A few career highlights. He won the Heisman at Auburn, ran for 221 yards in one game for the Raiders, and was an American League All-Star. Jackson. <laughs> Come on. Nothing. I mean, the crickets, we put those in. They yeah, didn't put those in Jeopardy. Uh, come on. How is this possible? I don't know. Especially when people that go on there, you know, I mean, ever since the movie White Men Can't Jump came out, I think that I picture every contestant that goes on as, Jeopardy as like Rosie Perez. Perez just studying every <laughs> category that you can. Foods that begin with Q. What's you don't know who Bo Jackson is? What is a quince, right? Come on. This is it's so and it, the the category is multi sport athlete. Multi sport athlete. I mean, it's not like there's just limit. guess Bo Jackson for every one. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be right eventually. This Bo is Jackson, Deion Sanders. Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders. Which one? I mean, there. I did see. Uh, I wanted to also bring this up because we have talked a lot about winning time. We're about to mention it again, but uh, I believe Jeff Perlman's newest book is about Bo Jackson. Ah, and I cannot wait to read that. We'll hopefully have him on. In the near future, to talk about winning time and potentially the Bo Jackson book. But, man, that was embarrassing for the Jeopardy contestants last night. Number three. Talked Raiders. A couple of signings today. Nothing earth-shattering necessarily. But uh, they are reworking the defensive line on the interior. Uh, obviously, with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on the outside. But it is going to be a new look up front. Playing some 3-4 instead of 4-3 uh, with the Raiders this year. And they added a couple of bodies in the middle, some bigger bodies, which would fit that scheme a little bit more, but didn't really bring back any of the guys from last year. We saw Solomon Thomas just move on. Mm -hmm. A couple of the other guys move on to other places. But Jonathan Hankins was unsigned until today. He is now back with the Raiders. So uh, a familiar face, at least on the interior of the defensive line. And what what, what do you got? Nothing. No, go ahead. I was was just going to bring up something. Go ahead. And... And... A new quarterback. Yep. Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. Who has tortured some teams, including the Raiders, in the past. I'm just curious. Did you? I I somewhat got a little giddy today when I got the email from the NFL with the schedule for every single team and the offseason workouts and what, you know, the the breakdown for every single team when they start offseason and then OTAs and I mean, I, I mean, I couldn't wait to open it up, look at, you know, just check it out. I mean, kind of, we know the time frame, but just to look at it, see it, know the dates. I was excited. Yeah, me too, because I started, I got to start planning my vacation. <laughs> That's why I was like, okay, here we go. When can I go to Cancun? When can I go to Cabo? That's what I'm looking at. 
That's I, why I was I, excited. I've heard those stories from those trips. That's a Pretty whole fun. other big five. Well, also, ah, I can't even bring that up. Uh, I have to plan with some other teams too. That's part of the part of the issue. Yes, <laughs> so I have to make sure yes. both the Raiders and some other teams are off. Uh, during that's those off times. the record. Let's just, let's yeah. just leave that alone. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, the off season is is here. The dra- as soon as the draft comes, it's going to be fast and furious again. There's no such thing as an off season in the NFL. But yeah, two signings today. Nothing again. Nothing earth shattering. But that's where they are. No, they're just you know creeping along, building the roster, getting ready, and and you know it's it's. I think it's more as as much as it's the the storyline of okay where are they rebuilding where are these new names fitting these pu- pieces to the puzzle is, you know it's it's also you know the coaching staff and and what they're going to do and how they're going to you know sort of formulate themselves and bring this new system in and so it'll be uh, interesting to see how everything sort of comes together and we'll get we'll get a first glimpse of that in a. In a about I don't know, a couple of months here, and when uh, will the workouts begin? So, but yeah, so now there's three quarterbacks on the roster. Number two, uh, several NBA topics to choose from. I know you were I uh, interested in some. So, yeah. which which is your favorite one? I, I was looking at the the three names that changed the landscape of the NBA. Yeah, Kevin McHale said three men are responsible for changing the landscape of the NBA. Um. And just to cut right to it, because you, you click on these links and they go through this whole thing. But he says, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and David Stern. Those are the three names that changed the landscape of the NBA. And I get it, and I know where he's coming from, but the only thing that, I, that, that it, it's so hard to differentiate between eras because they somewhat collided and one started at the ABA and then came to the NBA is, you know, Magic and Bird, just like their career sort of went away as Michael Jordan, then his era came, Dr. J somewhat brought uh, some flair and pizzazz and they had to go through him. They won at least one championship. The Sixers were a force in the Eastern Conference. Him and Moses Malone, those days. But So I get it. Magic and Bird, that rivalry. Of course, we're watching winning time right now, so it was all during that. Um, but I see where he's coming from in terms of quote-unquote changing the landscape. Um, if you were to talk about players... Then, you know, at some point you have to you have to see you recognize, you know, what Michael Jordan did to to somewhat change the landscape. But sure. David but Stern, Stern, I is think, easy. I think David Stern is above and beyond yeah. everybody. Stern's an easy one, but he needed he needed the rivalry, and I think the difference with and everybody has their rivals. You mentioned Dr. J. There was there were some contemporaries that were rivals with Jordan. Obviously, he had Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons, and he had you know some rivalries there, but. Like in boxing and combat sports, we've seen this forever. Like yeah. the guy isn't the guy unless he has an arch rival to go after. Yeah, that's why Bird Magic was so important. It was you know back when, and we're seeing it on the on Winning Time when they're building the league and like they can't even get the finals games on live on television nationally. Like that's when the era changed, and you need to have that. Um, you need to have that kind of uh, rivalry that really set it up, and I think that's what they did in laying the foundation. And and uh, that's why they, people need to watch Winning Time. That is true. And we were going to talk about the Lakers, but the Lakers, eh, their season's pretty much done. They, they can fight their way into the into the 
playing, and maybe if AD is coming back tonight, he's questionable. He's a game-time decision. Uh, LeBron, maybe if they team up, they can make some noise if they're able to get in, but they have a tough schedule down the stretch. So it's for the Lakers, it's about winning time, not about uh, this season anymore. Number one. Well, VGK back in action tonight. VGS, as I like to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, in action tonight against Seattle. They got the win the other night against the Kraken. Stayed alive. But the other results have not necessarily been going their way around the league. Uh, I saw as of today, is going into the start of games today, their chances, 46.4% of making the postseason. So they're right around 50%. Edmonton, I think, is the team right now that you're targeting to kind of catch in the division. Uh, there's some possibilities of getting the wild card, but it's really about trying to trying to get third place in the division, catch either Edmonton or L.A., uh, but really, for the Knights, it's about winning. They just have to keep winning, and that continues tonight against Seattle, Willie. It does. And uh, something tells me that we are going to – well, we're going to surprise yeah. our guests with – or well, surprise our listeners with our next guest. Well, so we can say. So up in Seattle, we know that the, the Kraken are – yeah, he did tweet it. Uh, the Kraken are hosting the Knights again tonight. They already did the other night. And we talked, as we said earlier in the show, Story Bonatoni was with us, former member of the Golden Knights broadcast team. One of the original members of the Golden Knights broadcast team, Nick Gismondi, working on the Kraken broadcast now. We'll get a look at what's going on up there, and I'm sure some positive thoughts from Nick. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. A steel run, Jerry. The box, Theodore gets the pass. Theodore in a fake. He scores on the backhand. The Golden Knights take the lead. Shea Theodore on the stretch, out of the box and on the board. One nothing Golden Knights. Twelve twenty two to go in the second. Now back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. It is Cofield and Company on this Friday. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez in for Steve Cofield. Getting ready for the weekend. Half hour left. We're getting ready for some college basketball. We got women's Final Four on right now. Men's Final Four tomorrow. Everybody in the world cheering against Duke. Ugh, the worst. Although, I have a feeling that our next guest, our old friend, is not as anti-Duke as we are because he loves everything and everyone. Mr. Positive Nick Gismondi back on the show. How you doing, sir? <laughs> oh, what a return. What a return! What's up, fellas? I miss you guys. Yeah, it's been been too long. Uh, are you're still positive, right? You're not. The world hasn't beaten you down yet. I'm completely negative now. Actually, okay. yeah, I hate everything. Good. Yeah, Good. Um, I'm, we're also not friends anymore, too, just because <laughs> I just I, I just don't like anything or anybody anymore. Well, so, like well no, I'm still Mr. Positive, of course. Well, the thing is, is so many people affiliate Nick Gismondi with. Hockey and the Golden Knights and you know and and journalism guys out here you know the journalists and media it's like oh yeah from Vegas Golden Knights whereas I I associate my dear friend Nick Ismondi with World Team Tennis because we spent a summer at Orleans Arena <laughs> with the World Team Tennis yeah <laughs> that was a fun summer. And then the summer after it was really good too when we were we were we were sequestered at the Greenbrier in 
in West Virginia for like 30 days, and I basically yeah. just golfed every day. It yeah. was incredible. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, and, I was, and I was having to watch it live stream or whatever was televised, and then right from uh, my home office – and then getting people on the phone. New York won it that year, so yep. yeah, that was fun. So good stuff. Oh, good, good adventures, bud. Yeah, sure. Good adventures. It's, it's throwback day here. We're, we're reminiscing a lot today. Uh, <laughs> Nick, it, speaking of reminiscing, yesterday big day for you, huh? Happy birthday! What? Oh, thank you guys, thank Nikki you very G. Much. Yeah, uh, 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 well, I guess I can just say it. I'm what are you twenty eight yeah, now? Yesterday. Wow, wow, forty one. Forty one. Forty one. Nope. You know nope. what? I, I had a really guy. nice. I, uh, I I caught up with a bunch of friends, and uh, I had a real nice uh, steak dinner uh, and a a very nice glass of uh, whiskey. Anybody that knows me knows I'm a I'm a big fan of whiskey, so I, I put uh, I put some whiskey down last night. There you go. <laughs> Sounds like a good day. Well, will it was it, a good day. Will it be a good night for the Golden Knights? I know uh, you you were on the Kraken broadcast now, so kind of a view from the other side. You saw the Golden Knights the other night get a shutout victory. But this is a Seattle team, not very good in the standings, but they've been pretty scrappy. So what what, what could tonight look like? Yeah, and I think it's, a, it's always a question mark with, with these guys. I, I can tell you that they definitely get up for big teams, though, right? And what's happening with Seattle right now is they're trying to establish who they're going to be going forward, right? And they're obviously eliminated from the playoffs. Mathematically, that happened, I, I think, the other night when they lost 3 nothing to to Vegas, but I mean, before that, I mean, it was kind of the writing was on the wall, but what this group is trying to do is, and you've seen it right after the trade deadline, the guys that are here are going to be a lot of the core moving forward. Uh, the Schwartz's, the McCann's, the Everly's, the, the Yanni Gord's, uh, and, and these guys are, are, are establishing that culture of we're going to be hard to play against no matter what every single night. We're not going to quit. Even if we're down 3 nothing, 6 nothing. we're going to be fighting until the final horn goes. They scored a goal a couple of nights ago with four seconds left on the clock in a game that they were, they were clearly going to lose. So I, I, I think that in a situation like tonight, you're getting to see a team for the second time. This happened last week against the Los Angeles Kings, and they came back and they smoked the Kings in that second game. So uh, the Knights are in for one tonight, I think. It's, it's, it's Friday night at Climate Pledge Arena. That arena is loud. Um, and I, I got a feeling it's going to be pumping there. So they might, they, might play the, uh, they might play the spoiler. Nick Gismondi joins us. You can follow him up on Twitter, at Nick Gismondi, although most of you probably already do from his time here in <laughs> Vegas, of course. Um, if I you, miss you guys. I miss everybody out there so much. What a great fan base you guys have. You well, know, it's so it's so cool to still talk to people and to still have people reach out on Twitter. And gosh, what a great fan base! Well, it, it is. Although they are uh, not thrilled with everything that's been going on this season with the Golden Knights. What is you know you were you were on the inside and now you're you know kind of seeing things from a different perspective with the Knights. What are, what are the thoughts about the Knights kind of around the league right now? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's uh listen i think i think i think i think you know people have to kind of sort of remember that at the end of the day hockey is a business and i think what what vegas obviously did in that first year was something special and something magical and they followed it up with a pretty good run in that second year and i think it's just about finding a way to win right now because that's sort of the template that you've emboldened. So unfortunately what that means is making big moves and making big splashes and, and making trades to acquire, you know, name guys, hence the Eichel deal, the, the flurry deal over, you know, 
summer, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, listen, I think people are I think people are are very interested to see what ends up happening with that team this year. And uh, you know, uh, Pete DeBoer is a great hockey coach. Steve Spot is a great hockey coach. These are guys that that I've known since I was 15 years old. Uh, you know, so I have nothing but amazing respect for them. And I, I think you guys have a chance to do something. And I think the rest of the league might be just a little jealous. <laughs> Nick, one of the guys that you became extremely close with, but it wasn't here, but he's now here. And that was when you went to Chicago and you met Robin Leonard and I will never forget when he was headed this way. Actually, when the rumors were out there, you and I were texting a lot. And then when he was on his way, you had said, hey, uh, I let him know about some of you, blah, blah, blah. And I'll never forget, I went up the first day he met with us. And I said, yeah, Nick had texted you about, you know, he said, oh, yeah, how are you? You know, we met. You formed a bond with him. And a lot of that was with the mental health issues. And and you sort of. You know, you you came to a, a new appreciation because it was right after the, uh, you know, right after the NHL awards where he talked about his battles, um, and you know, I think a lot of it out here, he's 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 now so open about it, but it's been about his injuries. Can you just talk about your relationship with Robin and just, you know, I, maybe what a lot of people don't really know about him? Yeah, I mean. Robin is one of those guys who's just wears his heart on his sleeve. He, that's the guy you want. <laughs> that's the guy you want as your friend. That's the guy you want in your corner. That's the guy you 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 know you're going to go to battle for. And I think that's one of the reasons why guys play so hard in front of him when he's in the net because you just you can't not love Robin Leonard. He's open and he's honest and he's real and he's not one of these surface people that tries to like pretend he's something that he's not. Robin is as good of a human being as he is a goaltender. Um, better human being, <laughs> you know, and he's a pretty darn good goalie. Um, but I think, you know, with Robin and I, it was fun being in that room in, in Chicago with him because I, I picked up from him right away that he wasn't going to pull any punches. And, you know, some of the reporters in Chicago would would needle him on little things or or or, or try to get him to say something sensational and he would read through it every time and i loved it i just laughed whenever he would just go after go after somebody for asking a uh you know an off-base question and so basically with me and him i just started being real with him i you know and he would talk and tell me about you know how he really felt about games and what was really going on in the room and just i think the honesty between the two of us really kind of formed a bond i still talk to him all the time Uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world and i'm i'm you know, I'm obviously constantly rooting for him to be successful. And whoever he's a part of and whatever group that is, I want them to be successful too because Robin Leonard deserves it. You don't get that kind of honesty and you don't get that kind of humanity, at least publicly much. Um, and, and, and I think Robin is just one of those great human beings that I would love to see him get rewarded for his work and for his for who he is as a person. I know Las Vegas fans are not going to want to hear this, but now in, in being a, you know, an on on-air guy for two different teams, Golden Knights and the Blackhawks, and Flurry and Leonard, I personally think that Leonard is more, as you just said, that real upfront going to lay it all out there where I think Flurry, as lovable a guy he may be, he's a polished veteran. He's just going to say what he thinks everybody wants to hear. Yeah, you're getting you're getting honest to God. And, I, you know, I love Mark Andre. Mark Andre Flurry is a great – is another human being that is, you know, I've watched him – 
in those first couple years with the Knights, I watched him do stuff for Make-A-Wish Foundation that I've, I've not seen professional athletes do before. Mm-hmm. Like, his level of detail and care was intense. But with Robin, you're getting unbridled, unfiltered, full-on honesty, stream of thought, honesty. And, gosh, that's refreshing these days. <laughs> Nick Gismondi joining us here. Uh, old friend of the program, good friend of the program, uh, closing out the week with us. Uh, I've seen you've been tweeting a lot about a certain golfer who may be coming back next week. You're excited about Tiger back. So excited. I, I think a great story. Right? I love that guy. I love that no quit, dig in, give it everything you got. I mean, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, you, you know, I mean, I've always been a fan of Tiger's. Um, but I love his messaging too. Um, I love the way he, I love his humility. Um, you know, and, and, and he said, you know, when he got that hall of fame, uh, that, uh, when he was inducted into the hall of fame, I wrote this quote down and I, I loved it, you know, and I was like, it resonated with me on so many levels. And I think it probably does with a lot of other people, but you know, when he said, uh, nothing is ever going to be given to you. Everything's going to be earned. If you don't go out there and put in the work, put in the effort, one, you're not going to get the results. And two, but more importantly, you don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. And for me, a guy like that makes a comeback like this, oh, come on. <laughs> he's going to give it everything he's got. If Tiger does play, and I do think he will, I'm putting money on him. Wow. Okay. You can get some good numbers. By the way, you – okay, so you love Tiger Woods. Not surprising. Uh, before we go, is there one person you don't love? Can, you, can we get that? Uh, I yeah, know. there's a guy. Yeah, but I won't. Uh, I know. A guy, there I won't is. give you the name, but you can probably figure it out. There's a guy. There's definitely. We we talked about him at World Willie Team Tennis. Who it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's great, Mister. We don't. You know, we don't want you to change. We love the positivity. Can you? Okay. You don't. You don't love Duke, do you? We have. We have to cheer against Duke. We can get on that board. Oh uh, yeah, sure. I, I no, no dog in that. No dog in the Duke fight. Yeah, sure. I'm with you on that one. Then okay. I guess. Good enough. All right, there you go. Nick Gismondi, <laughs> always a pleasure. We love it, sir. Make sure you follow him up on Twitter. Where? What else you want people to check out? Hey man, just uh, just you know what? I don't want you to check anything out, but do do what I try to do every day. Go out there and, and anybody that's listening, whatever, uh, following along, just do something every day to make somebody's life better. Oh, that's that's make, such a uh, chore. Don't make a change. That's such a willy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's such a, a willy thing to say. Yeah, it's a chore. Yeah, man. That's hard work. That's not a chore. You smile. <laughs> He's such a lovable guy. Nicky G. You give big, you give Adam. You give you give good hugs. Go give a hug. Oh, hey. stop it. That's enough. Cut Listen. him off. Nick is body. We appreciate it, <laughs> sir. Here. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the game. Hey, boys. Hey, behave yourselves. I, mean, I do. Uh, I, uh, honestly, I miss, I miss you guys. I miss I miss the city. And uh, uh, yeah, you know what? Actually, I'll be in town a couple of times this summer for uh, Three Ice. It's a new uh, a new tournament that's going to be happening. It's on CBS, but it'll be at the Orleans Arena. So we'll get together when I come into town. Sounds good. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, boys. All right. Dick Gismondi, great stuff. As always, make sure you follow him up on Twitter. See everything that's going on with him and all the positivity always flowing from Mr. Gismondi. We'll come back. Another positive guy sometimes. Xavier Pope joins us. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. It's Cofield and Company, live from the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. Back here wrapping things up on a Friday, Cofield and Company, Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez. Getting you ready. The Final Four is coming up tomorrow. Big games 
We'll be very, very focused on that. We talked about a lot throughout the show, but we wanted to close things out on this Friday with our good friend Xavier Pope. How you doing, sir? Doing fantastic. How are you, Adam? I'm good uh, getting ready for these games, but also there's a lot going on in the world that we wanted to get your opinion on, and make sure you follow Xavier up on Twitter, Xavier Pope, and check out Suit Up News on Twitter. It's great, great stuff. Um, This Will Smith thing has taken over society for an entire week. It's nuts. The latest development today, Will Smith has resigned from the Academy. Uh, But I think the most interesting thing I saw all week was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar saying this is just a a nasty moment for all black people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's ridiculous. Uh, He was derided a lot for it, including me, which... uh, uh, I'll be talking about that a little bit when I go on Dr. Phil's show next week. Whoa. Uh, discussing this. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'll that'll be next week. So stay tuned for that. But I, I, I said that what Kareem said about Will Smith's actions, it was just an individual act um, of Chris Rock and Will Smith that had nothing to do with any other black person. Uh, you don't see a white person, a white, if there was a white director or a white actor, and a white person told a joke, that person wouldn't be reflective on all white people. The insurrectionists on one six without reflective of all the white people in the country because the white people acted out and climbed fences and punched cops. <laughs> no, I think it's important for us to uh, look at that. I, I respect Kareem. You know, a legend his own day was very vocal in the, the civil rights era. Um, but I, I, I frankly disagree with him. Racism harms black people. Um, not this individual act. Yeah, I mean, I, I think on, on a, you know, to explore that a little bit, like, why, why is it? Because it, it's also, I'll say, I don't think it's just black people either. I think it's it's many minority groups when there's something that is done. It's like, hey, that group did this. Like, why why is it only with minority groups and not with white people? Because racism still exists in America. We saw yeah. that with 9-11 in terms of um, uh, Muslim Americans and some of the anti-Muslim sentiments. You also saw that after the uh, the pandemic broke, you saw some of the um, uh, the Asian hate, what AAPI hate came about, and we have Congress um, pass a measure to be able to protect um, Asian Americans from from violence just because of a freaking pandemic that people that we had a certain portion of our public they were calling it Kung Flu and all the different racist things that were associated with that. Um, your individual actions should impact and in. in you only. Will Smith has resigned from the Academy. Those are his actions. Now, that's like saying, okay, Adam, you know, some whatever group you belong to, hey, uh, hey, Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. Can't get that uh, home loan that you wanted. Oh, can't get to that college you wanted. Uh, it has nothing to do with it. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. When, when I do something stupid, it's me. Like it's, yeah. I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, it's it's completely insane. Hey, you can and, tell yourself today, Adam. You say you're an idiot. That's perfectly fine. Admit to the, yeah. admit it to the audience. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm no Herschel Walker. <laughs> Great segue. So, nice. Her- Herschel Walker has been a long time. He finished in the top one percent of his class at Georgia. Anybody that knows anything about football knows he left Georgia early. He did not graduate. How how are we just talking about this now? First of all. I think it's because he's now running for Senate. And sure. so I think that when it comes to you running for a public office, as opposed to going around and peddling chicken like he was before, <laughs> uh, no one really cared about what, how the, the veracity of his claims about his educational background. Because clearly he's, he's, he's dumb as a box of rocks. And this is a guy who 
uh, says he hated CTR instead of CRT. Um, he's not the brightest uh, uh, bulb in, in in the bunch. So um, that's that. And I mean, to to lie about something about your education when you openly appear as a dumb person um, is is a challenge. Uh, but to not, and it's also public knowledge. Uh, so Herschel, so dumb. Make that a hashtag. <laughs> That's good. I've seen it. I saw it on your Twitter at Xavier Pope. You can check that out and uh, follow the hashtag. You, you mentioned the Doctor Phil thing. Do we know? We know when this is happening. Uh, I'm taping on Monday. Don't know exactly when it's going to air, but it, I'm assuming because of the the timeliness of me talking about Will Smith and Chris Rock, sure. uh, that it'll probably be airing sometime next week. Xavier, I saw you tweet about not sleeping on Whole Foods gummy bears. <laughs> Did you happen to see DK Metcalf's diet? What's the diet? So he was on with uh, who was he on? It I doesn't can't. matter. He he was on a show. He was on with Kevin Garnett doing a podcast, and he said that Got he it. eats one meal a day, one cup of coffee from Starbucks. And candy the rest of the day, three, four times. Four bags of candy. Four bags of candy. Wait, how many ounces is that candy? Three to four bags of candy, and they're and and it's one scoop in. No, 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 (laughs) and they're generally all gummies. The lifesaver gummies, gummy this, gummy that. So that was his. That's what he consists of his diet, and this was. and SI, Sports Illustrated tweeted this out with a picture of him saying DK Metcalf has an insane diet: one meal, one coffee, three to four bags of candy a day. I can't argue with the guy who's one of the best athletes in the world. I mean, the NFL, that's consistent of the best athletes in the world. Who, who am I to say, DK Metcalf, you, one of the best athletes in the world, cannot consume bags and bags of gummies? Um, unless it's – and now it's, it's probably okay if it's something in those gummies uh, because now the, the federal government, <laughs> Congress passed through the House, <laughs> we can legalize marijuana. So, Well – I will say this. I it reminded me of a story that was done um, on Lamar Odom, and it followed him throughout the day. And his driver dropped him off at practice, and the driver's job was to take his SUV and fill up the back seat with pastries and donuts and candy and sweets and all sorts of things. And we saw what happened, to Lamar Odom. So I just hope that that doesn't this this sugar rush, this love of sugar, doesn't lead DK Metcalf down the same path. But but remember remember uh, the Skittles obsession with uh, with Beast Mode with uh, sure. uh, Rashawn yeah. Lynch. Sure, he was able to to have a successful career in the National Football League eating tons of Skittles. And so I will not deny a man his love for confectionery treats. I will tell you this: there is somebody on this three way conversation that is one hundred percent fully responsible for T Mobile on Golden Knights home games. Absolutely having to have gummy bears on the press level, and there was an order handed down. Yeah, the the organization demanded. Well, so here's the, st- the backstory, Xavier, because a lot of people okay. are, have not been there. This is uh, great. Year one at T-Mobile Arena with the Golden Knights, they have like a candy layout in the press box, and yeah. they had gummy bears a lot. And I was I started tracking because I do love gummy bears. Their record <laughs> when there was gummy bears and when there was not gummy bears. And their record when there was not gummy bears was ugly. And I started tweeting it out every game. So management with the Golden Knights demanded that the workers well, make had, sure gummy bears are always laid out. They had lost six in a row. At the time they had lost, he, <laughs> Adam, Adam tweeted out, he goes, okay, this is the sixth straight time that, that they have not had gummy bears up here. The Golden Knights have lost. So 
uh, Ed Graney had tweeted or had written a column and he's come up with all these different reasons why people were saying that all of a sudden they were losing. And he said, forget for a minute that my colleague Adam Hill and his theory about gummy bears. So this started going viral. And not only did it catch on and the, the powers that be said there's never to not be gummy bears up there. At some point, the Angels were was going through a losing streak or something. Remember this, Adam? Yeah. And, and they tweeted out. They said, "Is this how it's done, Golden Knights?" And they showed wow. that they had gummy bears. Oh, Adam would walk through the plaza at T-Mobile Arena, and fans were walking up with jumbo bags and going, "Take this up to pla- up to the press row." Yeah, it was great. What? It was, it was a good time. Yeah. Look at you making a difference, Adam. Like, you, brother. Yeah, I did. I'm I'm very impactful. Uh, we we talked about a couple of major stories going on, Xavier. What what should we be following right now that maybe we're not paying enough attention to? I mean, we talked about a lot of this stuff right now. I mean, we, we no one's talking about baseball. The baseball season is about <laughs> to start, and it seems as if there was a, a labor impasse. It seems like no one is cared as much. But this is the weekend. Well, could we find out if Coach K winds yes. up leaving on top? He gets to play against UNC, one of the, the, the famous rivalries in sports. And we have all the talk about March Madness and all the upseats in St. Peter's. We wind up with the Blue Bloods at the end. Of course. Uh, Xavier, we hate duke in vegas just so you know <laughs> we are i want whatever the most painful exit is for duke that's what we want you know what i met coach k oh. in vegas the only and i, I met him in a bathroom doing it doing a practical <laughs> team USA, and i asked him why was he so successful i mean never mind we talked while we're zipping up no, no problem with that but i asked him like hey like what makes you so successful and he just says you know i just tell the guys to do their job and they do it wow the words to live by i guess but I, I hope that you shunned him after that because he, he doesn't deserve your attention. Uh, Xavier Pope, follow my Twitter. Suit Up News as well. What should people check out on Suit Up News? Uh, they should check out the latest episode I dropped this week about Will Smith and Chris Rock and some of my nuanced take about it all. So go to at uh, Xavier Pope, E-X-A-V-I-E-R-P-O-P-E, or hashtag Suit Up News and check out the latest episode. Thank you, sir. Enjoy Dr. Phil. That'll be great. We can't wait to all right, watch. thanks. Thanks, man. Tune in, y'all. Yep. Thanks, Xavier. Xavier Pope, always, always great stuff. Our legal expert and culture analyst here on the show, always with the strong opinions on everything going on in the world. Wow, what a day here on Cofield Company. If you didn't hear any of it, make sure you check out the podcast later on from Coach Joe Esposito, Stanford Route, former NFL player, Story Bonatoni, Tareen Williams from Pro Football Talk, Tim Graham. From The Athletic, covering the Buffalo Stadium situation, and our good friend Xavier Pope and Nick Gizmondi. He is with the Seattle Kraken broadcast now. Golden Knights versus Seattle tonight. Another must-win situation for your Knights. Final four tomorrow, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Villanova. Hopefully, for Adam's sake, it'll be North Carolina and one of the other two. Anybody but Duke. That's what we're cheering for. We'll talk to you Monday. Steve Kofley right back here in this chair.